I named a bunch of defensemen who didn't make my team. And this is the list. There's like 10 of them here. Theodore, Morrissey, Montour, Ekblad, Dunn, Nurse, Matheson, Bouchard, Latang, Doughty, Shabbat, and Chikrin. And I think I would take every single one of those players over Pareko, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. You're now listening to the Voice in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Welcome to episode 201 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Thank you again for listening to episode 200 last week. Uh, Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you once again uh, for another weekly episode. Uh, Guys, how are we doing? Doing all right. Can't complain. Weather's getting warm already. I think uh, everyone's got their windows open, which is just outrageous on the third last day of February. So... (laughs) Can't complain. I think if I had my windows open today, my apartment would have been flooded. It was an absolute downpour in Toronto. So depressing today. Just ugly, ugly weather. But eventually it's going to get nice because it's starting to get warm, like Casey said. So we're in for a treat. Um, Doing well, boys. I was a little hesitant to do this episode tonight, like you guys know, because it's midterm season. So I'm like super busy this week. But next week should be a little more chill. Um, Although I won't be able to spend any time with Paige because she's going to BC without me again. So that's very rude of her. Rebecca just got back from Cuba without me. So (laughs) yeah. So we just don't get to have any fun, do we, Case? We're all Uh, funny. But but, but yeah, doing well, boys, uh, aside from that. I do have some something uh, a question from a listener before we get to that though harper how you doing man i'm uh i'm great uh chad sorry to hear that the weather was shitty in toronto uh the weather was absolutely gorgeous uh here in brockville today and uh, i actually was in the river earlier today believe it or not i did a uh, did a little cold dip and uh you know the water is still pretty damn cold uh here in <laughs> late february and as we get into early march and uh that felt great and just to be out and enjoy the sunshine a little bit uh it was awesome trade deadline is approaching you- uh the hockey's been great the last little bit here can't complain Arbor, did you make sure to post it on your story with the captions of a motivational quote playing? <laughs> no, I just, no, that's I, what, didn't. I think that's what you do when you do a cold dab, right? <laughs> well, if you're not, you are doing it wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay, so I wanted to get to a question because this episode, of course, is the second episode we're doing of predicting the rosters for the four nations face-off that will take place next february in place of the all-star game so last episode we got a question from a listener and they mentioned that you know there's a lot of talk about this tournament but we know nothing about how the teams will be picked if there will be a camp etc so i'm just going to read uh the question here word for word and then maybe we can try to tackle it if we can uh because there's still some uncertainty around the tournament so here it is My question for the pod tonight is, if there's no camp for this tournament because it's mid-season, will the roster be made up of more more by point production and output, or does a guy make it over someone who has more points? Essentially, like, are grinders going to be included here even if they don't have points is is the question. Um, 
Like if they're down to the last line, which guys could replace someone else if they're having a monster year and which guys can get a spot despite not having the best year points wise. That's something that this listener, one of our good buddies wants us to kind of, you know, rope into our conversation today because we didn't really touch on something like that last episode. Essentially, where will the selection bias be? And he gives an example. Like, for instance, if Patrick Kane is having a decent year, you got to have him on your team, right? So who does he replace that might be having a better season points wise, but do this for Canada and Sweden? That's essentially what this listener wants to hear. So do you think we can kind of try to do a bit of that, guys? Maybe try to figure out where the selection bias will lean for these remaining two teams? Yeah, Canada and Finland, not Sweden. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the, the example was from last episode because that's what we were talking about those two yeah. teams last episode. But well, I think there's a pretty like glaring area where that's going to happen in terms of Canada, um, and and Finland. I the I think this the weakness of Finland is going to be their depth compared to the other three teams. Exactly. So that is going to be huge. Like who's who's playing well next year is going to come into play mostly for their depth i i can't imagine that like you know if uh pick a guy like if rantanen is only at a point per game pace and not a almost 100 point and like you know that's never going to change anything maybe that's a bad example because he's the best player on the team but let's say uh anton lundell takes a step back i still think that you have to give him the look you still have to take him because of his last couple of years and how well he's played and you know young guys are going to take a step back or, or struggle at times. So I think you have to look at the, the whole of his career first. Yeah. The question is essentially getting at how much value do you think will be placed on name value versus like the season that the guy is having? And I think this could be a real issue for Team Canada That's, when it comes yeah. to goaltending. Because wow. the goaltending for me is the biggest wild card with Team Canada. We're going to get into it, but... You might have a starting goalie going into this tournament who, you know, two years ago, you would have never thought would have made this team. So, yep. You may have, hey, like all three goalies on this that Canada too, yeah. team. You can <laughs> that was the glaring say. area I was talking yeah. about earlier. Is I think yeah, it's exactly. whoever's the hot hand for goalie is going to be playing in Canada. Yeah. The other, okay. The other, yeah, sorry. And uh, before we get going, the other glaring thing that kind of answers that question a little bit that I think stands out to me the most is um, who is running this team, I think, will determine which guys get selected and which NHL general manager it is. You know, do they go with guys on their uh, NHL roster on his or her NHL roster that uh, that they run. I think that's that's a big thing for me, um, just in terms of of the of the question. And it's a great question. That that's very true because, for example, a Kyle Dubas team would look a hell of a lot different than a Brad Tree Living team. If if we're talking Team Canada here, <laughs> like there would be some different names for sure. So. Good question, yeah. um, but but we're going to yeah. get into it. So so why don't we do that? Yeah, exactly. So uh, as we mentioned again, this is uh, Finland and Canada who we're going to be talking about. Last week we focused on the Swedes and the Americans, and so uh, this is the second half, of course, of uh, you know our uh, projected rosters for the uh, 
the 2025 Four Nations face-off next year. All right, starting with uh, with Team Finland, guys. And uh, Case, why don't you take it away? Yeah, Finland, also known as the Florida Hurricane Stars. Um, I'm not gonna, <laughs> glad, I'm gonna, glad you made that point before I did. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm yeah. going to switch things up to how I did it last week. I'm going to go forwards, defense, goalies. Um, and I got lines here, of course. So first line is Lekanen, Barkov, and Rantanen. That's going to be a great line. Uh, three great players there. Lekanen, hopefully he's you know in full swing by then and playing with his teammate Rantanen was a no-brainer for me. And then Teravainen, Aho, Hintz, Michelli, Lundell, Laine, Lusterainen, Haula, and Granlund. And my extra is Kotka Niemi. If Laine is not playing for some reason still not playing, then Kotka Niemi slides in and Tolvanen is called up. On defense, Heiskanen with Ristolainen, Lindell with Hakenpah, Mikola with Yokiharyu, and the extra is Valamaki, goalies, Saros, Huso, UPL. Damn. That is a pretty similar roster to what I have. I have slightly different lines, though, and I'll go through them now. So, as Case mentioned, this is the Panthers and the Canes and the Stars basically all jumbled together. Um, and that's what my, my lineup looks like. So I've got some like basically all the same players just playing in different positions based on what I thought the lines could potentially look like. So my first line, I have Hints, Aho, and Rantanen. My second line, I have Michelli, Barkov, and Taravainen. My third line, I have Lekanen, Lundell, and Tolvanen. And my fourth line, I have Hala, Kakaniemi, and Laine if he's playing. And my extra is Lusterainen. Honorable mentions, though, have to go to Granlin and Kako because Kako is a player who has clearly a high ceiling or had a high ceiling one day, but can also play defense. So it depends, you know, what you're looking for in these players. And then on the back end, I have Yokeharyu and Heiskinen, Valamaki and Ristolainen. Mikola and Lundell, and the extra is Olimata. And in net, I have Saros, UPL, and Vili Huso. Leaving Hawk and Pio is baffling me. Yeah. That guy's a banger, for sure. Um, okay, Harp? Well, uh, Case, my uh, my roster looks very similar to uh, to yours. the The top nine is is exactly the same, and you know, I I think like they're, they're, I know. Can you, like, come on, <laughs> really? It is. Well, it's it is it's a no brainer, Chad. <laughs> yeah, you should you should see when I when I filled out this document. I, I'm I'm telling you, it was a few hours before we hopped on. It's not like I just made this now. I promise. You won't. Okay. Hear the well, let's hear it twice. Let, let's <laughs> okay. hear the rest. Like what? Like what is happening right now? Let's hear the rest <laughs> right. of the lineup. Okay. Go for, take it from the top. Let's hear it from the very start. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so Lekanen, Barkov, Rantanen, obviously Aho, Hints, Teravainen, Michelli, Lundell, Line, Lusterinen, Hala, and Tolvanen, and then Granland is my extra. So then on the back end is where it looks a little different. I've got Lindell and Heiskanen, the two stars teammates there. Valamaki and Hawkenpaw. I like Valamaki. He's been pretty good in Arizona and has shown that he can be a, 
solid top 4D. And then Mikola and Ristolainen, which uh, just sounds and looks like just a nasty third pair, um, I think is is fantastic. And then Mata and Yoki Haru. So if Finland wanted to, they could go eight deep on uh, on the blue line, in my opinion. And then uh, just the two goalies for me, Saros and Lukanen, um, have to go with Lukanen, obviously. He's been fantastic this year. So a little different in some areas, but uh, that's my Finnish roster. I, uh, Harper, like, do you have trouble listening to instructions? There is a set number of players that we have to pick for each team. You need three goalies. Give me one more, and you have to slash one defenseman. Why? That's how it works. Okay. That's so how I, the selection process works. Okay, so I do need a third goalie. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, And if you didn't get the hint from last week when both teams... All of the teams that we selected had three goalies, and then I made the post where all of them also had three goalies. That didn't you didn't clue in after that? Oh, no? okay, all right. So yeah, so just Huso, Huso would be the third goalie, <laughs> and then we'll take out Mata and Yoki Haru is the extra defenseman. So there we go. Oh my god, that was baffling, but a lot of similarities. I think at the end of the day, it took a while. Uh, I think the main one that you guys are going to come at me for is leaving off Yanni Hockenpah. Is that right, Case? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think that he's probably the third best defenseman on this team. And the fact that, you know, his line mate, his, his pair mate is on this team just makes a ton of sense to have him playing with him. Uh, he's currently out of the lineup, so he's not playing with any of these guys, but he plays with Lindell. So I thought it'd make a lot of sense for him to play with him in this tournament, especially when he plays such a physical, like grinding game on, on defense. You're going to need that playing team Canada and USA and Sweden. So made a lot of sense for me. Like I paired Heisken in with Roost Lionin because I feel like Roost Lionin has to be on this team because they don't, they aren't very deep on defense. He is massive. He's played in the NHL for a long time. He was a very talented player at one point. And Heiskanen is just like, all Roost Lionin has to do is hit one guy and get the puck towards Heiskanen. That's his job. Like, just make sure Heiskanen has the puck because Heiskanen is a one-man breakout. So you don't need a second defenseman passing the puck when you have Heiskanen. Yeah, that's fair. And then I think you had Valimaki as your extra, right? And that was yeah. a guy I had slotted higher in the lineup. So I guess it's preference. If they're struggling to score, get Valimaki in there. But yeah, you know, for defense, I'm, I'm going to pick a Mikola out there instead. Yeah, fair. I guess it depends what kind of you're looking for. But I'll be honest, when I was going through and, and creating the D pairings on this team, I had a really hard time because right now on Dallas, both Heiskanen and Lindell are listed as playing on the right side. I wasn't sure if that was something that happened all the time, which made it a bit more complicated for me because I know Yoki Haru typically plays the right side as well next to Dalene, who plays the left. Or at least, again, that's how it's listed on uh, Daily Faceoff. So I had a hard time coming up with left-right pairings because it's not always as simple as who shoots left, who shoots right. Uh, Heiskanen naturally plays on the right as a left shot, and Lindell usually plays on the left when Hawk and Paws in the lineup. Okay, so that's what I was kind of wondering about because, yeah, like I said, Lindell is playing on the right side now. I did want to include Mikola on the third pair because I think that's just a tough 
guy to play with. But if I were to do it again, I would probably have Hawk and Paw. I think he slipped my mind because he's out right now, like because he's injured. I don't have a, a good argument against him. So I think maybe he would slot into my seven instead of a guy like Ole Mata. I know that Hawk and Paw logs way more minutes than a lot of other guys on this back end too. So maybe that does make more sense. And I'm I'll also, change my team. I'm also interested in your top six here. You got Barkov playing on the second line, which I think is is interesting. And splitting up Teravine and Anaho is interesting as well. Yes. And I have an explanation for this. Originally I wanted to play Hints, Aho, and Barkov all on the top line because I think they can all play first line center. But I ended up picking two and what I did with splitting them up, I I put the two most capable centers, in my opinion, on two separate lines to drive their own line. And when I look at that second line with Barkov, Michelli and Taravainen, I think that that's incredibly dynamic. But with having Barkov there, it might allow those two wingers to be more impactful and allow Barkov to kind of not worry so much about driving offense but just play a more defensive style so that was my thinking there and then of course that leaves the top line with hints aho and rantanen and that is just however you look at it like that's a dynamic offensive line yeah michelli is i was a, like uh, trying a gifted to passer too sorry case yeah i was just trying to have like i was trying to keep center strong same as you but then have kind of two offensive drivers with one I'm not going to call them like piggyback player, but a, a scorer who needs to get the puck to them yeah. uh, in a Teravainen and a Lekkonen. You know, that's how I was setting it up. And yeah, Harp, Michelli, offensive gifted passer. Like That's why I like the idea of him playing with a line A as well as Lundell is just, he's a strong center. I like watching him play. Yeah, I wanted to slide line A up the lineup actually, but wherever I slotted them in, it just didn't make yeah. a ton of sense because like, you know, like, are you going to play him in the top six on my roster with like Barkov? No, probably not. Barkov would go insane. I think, you know, are you going to play him on a third line? That's supposed to be more defensive oriented. Uh, probably not either. So that's so, what I had a hard time with. Going back to Corey's question here. I think yeah. that a situation where that's going to come up here for me is that, you know, if line a is kind of struggling, like he is today, he's not playing right now. He's taking an absence absence, but you know, if next year he's back in the swing of things and he's still not that 40 goal guy, like he used to be, and he, he struggles a bit. And that guy like Ellie Tolvanen is, you know, producing on Seattle and then stepping up as a goal scorer for that team, which they always need. I still think that line A would get the nod over Tolvanen. Mm. I yeah, think that true. You know, he's an important Finnish Finnish hockey player. He his name value will pull weight in that dressing room for the fans, everything. And you know, the history of him being a second overall pick and him being a talented goal scorer, big for them in the World Juniors. I I just think that he's going to get picked over a guy who's producing kind of out of the blue. Yeah, that's true. And so then when it comes to goaltending, we all had the same three, right? Harper, you also had Saros, UPL, and Huso. Is that right? 
yeah, I, I don't know who else would would be in there. Well, I mean, you're Ranta. not. Yeah, there's Ranta there's and Kakinen. Salo too. Like, and you're not putting him in there. Oh boy, <laughs> you could go a uh, Predators tandem. Get Lankinen in there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Could. Kakinen is an interesting one. He's actually had like decent underlying numbers on a terrible Sharks team this year. Yeah, I wasn't sold on on really anybody outside of Saros. I think it could depend on who's playing the best next year. Like I think UPL has been good this year, but it's taken him forever. And I know Huso has been terrible in stints, but good in stints in his career. So it's it's really like that, and that's why I think goaltending is obviously the position where you feel the least confident picking three guys because it it's all going to depend on on who's going. But I think Saros is like the lock for. I starter. agree, but for the most part, when it comes to USA and Sweden, I feel like those are your three goalies, unless like unless on just shitting the bed next year terrible mm-hmm. and swayman like all has gone from boston and swayman's a full-time starter and playing great then maybe that like that's when you take the guy with the hot hand but for the most part on 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 usa and sweden i'm going with those three sets yeah those two sets of three but canada and finland it's going to be the hot hand it's a toss-up too like it's it, these two teams their goaltending is way worse than the yeah. first two teams <laughs> that we covered like you're right those six goalies that we talked about last episode for usa and sweden like those are top tier goalies all of them and then between these two teams i think there's one like solidified top tier goalie in saros yeah let's you know? say hypothetically hellebuck has a 900 save percentage going into this tournament next year he's on the team he's on the team mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What what about exactly. what about Demko? I don't think he gets the respect that Hellebuck does, but I think he's just as good. So I wonder yeah. if if he has a 900 or say he has like an 870 through 20 games or something like or if he's hurt. Know. Well, that too. Injuries are different though, right? Cuz then we're talking about, you know. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Guys in. He's hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting though, but Anyway, is that it? That is that all that we have on Finland? Anything yeah. else to add? I was just gonna before we wrap up on the Finns, I was just gonna say, like, looking at this back end, I mean, it looks like a with with how big all these guys are, like it's a back end you'd want in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like it, it everyone is is at least like everyone's six two and above. If if you were to throw Yoki Haru in there as your extra defenseman, I think he's six feet and he'd be the smallest guy. It is a nasty defense. And then with the goaltending again, if UPL is doing what he's doing right now next season around this time, I mean he has to be he has to be on this team, I think. Yeah, well I mean Saros is going to look really good coming into this tournament next year playing for the Devils. <laughs> Actually, Saros, that's a good, that's, that almost like perfectly matches the question that we were talking about because that's a guy this season who hasn't been as good as he typically is. You know, He's like I don't, team. 
he's on the team. He's the starter. Like, it's not like he's, you know, he's the starter, even though he hasn't been great this year. But you're right, Case. I think a change of scenery, maybe to the Devils, could be uh, beneficial for him. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether brand new, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their profits. Thankfully, there has never been a better time to get signed up, and we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth, you can get access to all of the top sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. Most importantly, all of these sports books have valuable signup offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, it's simple. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful and profitable sports betting. So, if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand at the same time, please consider signing up for your next sports book through our link in the description below. Signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. If you're planning on signing up for a new sports book anyways, you might as well use our link and support the boys. So, one more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. This podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek, the absolute best ticket app out there. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals to tickets at your favorite sporting event. SeatGeek does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value, so you know whether you're getting a good or a bad deal. Last time I got tickets to see the Devils play, I first saw red tickets. I waited it out, monitored the price in-app, and once I saw green, I pulled the trigger. SeatGeek makes it that easy. And here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in our description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. All right, well, we'll move on to uh, to Team Canada now, boys, and uh, let's uh, let's have some fun with this one. I think I think everything's good here in terms of numbers and everything for me. I shouldn't get attacked for for this roster, hopefully. So we should be good. Oh, you're but uh, anyway, you're Team Canada projected roster for the uh, Four Nations face-off next year. Case, take it away once again. This was way harder to make this team i think that this was the hardest one for me to make especially on forward actually on defense too i I just had a hard time because the depth of like top end players is so much bigger than all the other nations and i think it was easier to pick usa because there's like felt like 12 really good forwards like insanely good forwards and then there's a few extras there and it drops off, but then there's like 24 really good Canadians. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but either way, I hemmed and hawed about this a long time. I'm still not set on the, the Lions, but this is what I came to. I have Hyman, McDavid, McKinnon, 
Marshan, Crosby, Bedard, Reinhardt, Point, Stone, Stamkos, Barzell, Marner, and the extra is Robert Thomas. Uh, defense, Devin Taves, Makar, Theodore, Petrangelo, Morrissey, Dobson, and the extra is Doughty. And then goalies are Hill, Jari, Bennington. Uh, mm. Special note here, there's four forwards that are left-handed. Oh. Insane. I have the bottom six are all right-handed. It's, it was hard to, to do wow. with this Canadian team. Uh, uh, quickly, before we get into yours, a very quick note on a guy who is going to be on this team and maybe will slot in playing because of his name is Drew, Do- or Drew Doughty over Dobson. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Dobson. Yeah. Over a point per game this year, he's got like 32 primary assists at the moment. He's unbelievable, but Doughty's going to be on this team instead of him, probably. Drew Doughty is not going to like my roster because... Drew Doughty has 12 (laughs) goals right now. (laughs) He is not going to like my decor on Team Canada, but here we go. He's not going to like mine either. Oh, <laughs> here we go. On forward, I have Hyman McDavid Bedard, Point on the wing, McKinnon and Marner, Marshand with Crosby and Stone as a shutdown line, and then Reinhardt, Nugent Hopkins, and Barzell as depth scoring. As you know, if you can even call that depth scoring, those are all you know, first line players on good teams. And then Konechny as the extra. So notably, no Stamkos, no Giroux, no Tavares, no Thomas, no Verhage, Hagel, Horvat, Marcheseau, Sorelli. The list goes on. Like there are so many good players. Shifley, Tavares, Hagel. I don't know if you said all those. You said a lot of names, but those are my notable snubs on my team. Yeah. And then on the back end, I've got Taves and Makar keeping that Colorado first pair together. It's got to be. I've got Pelich and Dobson keeping the top pair of the New York Islanders together. Riley and Petrangelo and the extra is Dougie Hamilton. So that means no Shea Theodore, no Morrissey, Montour, Ekblad, Dunn, Nurse, Matheson, Bouchard, Latang, Doughty, Shabbat, or Chikrin. Uyghur. Or Uyghur. And then in net, I have Hill, Jari, and Skinner. And Boy, like you said, Case, this was the most difficult one to do because there are so many players who are right at that cusp, right at the cut line where like they could be a second line player on this team or they could be cut. Like it's, you know, like it's, there are so many players in the same tier. It's really hard to narrow it down. But yeah, we're going to get Skinner on this team. I wanted to put Skinner on this team, but Bennington's good this year. What? Yeah. That's why it's going to be a high hand, man. If Skinner's doing well next year, he'll be on this team. Dude, I wanted to put Logan Thompson, like Hill and Thompson, because... That's a good one. He's played more games over the last couple of years than Hill, and his numbers are like just as good. And I don't know. I have both in fantasy. That would be cool if my fantasy goalies ended up being you know, on this team. But it's just so impossible, especially in net, because it'll just depend who is hot like we've said yeah exactly like if like if a guy like darcy kemper was playing well for washington and is playing well this time next year i mean he could be a guy that could be thrown into the mix possibly stanley cup champion 
a yeah. couple years ago and you know it, it's um, crazy to think about though like all the goalies that we've mentioned so far for team canada so hill jari skinner bennington kemper like all those guys not a single one would make team usa or team sweden no <laughs> like it's it's insane it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah, which never used exactly. to be the case it was always like you know sit back and name the top five goalies and they're going to be probably canadian there might be yeah. an american in there well think about think about the 2010 olympic team broder ever heard of him Luongo, ever heard of him? Mark Andre Fleury, ever heard of him? Like, those were the three best goalies in the world, basically at that time. And now it's, oh boy, you yeah. Know. What was twenty sixteen like? Price, twenty fourteen was Price. I'm talking the World Cup team. The oh, okay, sorry, I thought you were talking Sochi Olympics. No, no. Yeah, I mean Price obviously would have been the starter. Probably Fleury as well was in there that's my guess oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so uh, it's like that it's so easy to just sit here and name unbelievable canadian goaltenders there's actually crawford holtby and price which oh, is fair because you're coming off yeah crawford on that dynasty from a dynasty crawford yeah yeah, yeah. although wasn't and, the uh, first chicago cup wasn't that like anti niemi or something or someone who won it like I'm pretty sure Crawford wasn't there for all three, but nevertheless, he was a really good goalie during that time. Yeah. Holtby, that's... Right, uh, let's hear yours. Yeah. I, well, I just wanted to say, like, Holtby, I mean, how incredible was he for the Capitals in that 2018 Cup run, that diving stick save on Alex Tuck in the finals? Mm-hmm. That was... Yeah. That wasn't, was ridiculous. Okay, now we're we're just kind of spitballing like old people, but wasn't that uh Grubauer who started the playoffs for them? Yeah. And then Holtby came in afterwards, which is crazy because he was their guy forever. And then, you know, Washington yep. wasn't expected to win the cup that year, especially after they had a brutal loss in 2017. And then man, crazy yeah. things happen. Grubauer was uh Again, and I know we're we're rambling on here, but Grubauer was playing better than Holtby down the stretch to finish the season. He started that first round series against Columbus, I believe. And uh, then I think Washington was down 3-1 in that series or something like that. And they made the change and the rest is history. And Grubauer has been terrible ever since, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, I'll get to uh, to my roster now, and this is the most fun, right? I mean, it's it's Canada. We're all Canadian, obviously. There are so many good players, and Case, that's a really good observation, by the way. Uh, all the right-handed shots, which mm-hmm. um, you know you you don't always see. Like I can remember a uh, a Russian World Junior team a couple of years ago. I think they had one right-handed shot on their entire roster. Like it's it's crazy. So. Um, all right, my uh, my roster looks looks different, and uh, and I'll it it comes around to like full circle to uh, the original question that we had uh, uh, that that we kind of answered off the top of the pod. So anyway, I'll get into it here. So Hyman, McDavid, and Marner is my first line. Of course, you got the two Oilers teammates, and uh, you know McDavid and Marner, both Toronto area guys, and they know each other well and would have great chemistry. Second line, it's the East Coast line. You've got Marshan, Crosby, and McKinnon all together. And then it gets interesting. 
I knew there was one person that would do that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he, here's, here's where it gets interesting, guys. So on my third line, from left to right, Carter Verhage, Bedard, and Reinhardt. So you've got the two Florida teammates on either wing. If you wanted to put Reinhardt in the middle and Bedard on the right wing, you certainly could do that. But uh, you've got the two Florida teammates and the two, um, you know, Vancouver guys there um, in uh, in Bedard and, and Reinhardt. So another little connection there. And that's kind of a theme in, in all of this. And then uh, on the fourth line, Barzell, Point, and Thomas Cairo as my uh, as my extra forward. Um, then on the back end, Taves and Makar, of course, Theodore and Petrangelo, Morrissey and Ekblad as the third pair and a defenseman that we didn't mention, but he's, uh, having a good season and he's a big body Colton Pareko. I've got as my extra uh, D on this team. Then the three goaltenders, Hill, Bennington and Skinner. So you can see there are quite a few St. Louis blues on this roster. And this is a hypothetical, but I wanted to do this because Doug Armstrong of the St. Louis blues may be the man running this team. And you guys know, I love going with connections and things like that. So that's kind of where I went with this. And honestly, I had the, the hardest time I had with this roster was on defense. Like there were so many guys that you can consider, you know, case you mentioned Mackenzie Weger, like the guy's got 15 goals this year. He's been excellent in Calgary. Dobson, you mentioned Evan Bouchard as well. Um, and I mean, there, there are just so many guys that, that you could throw in there, but uh, I just, I thought I would go a little off the board. And, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm in the uh, the chair of Doug Armstrong, who again, it's not official. I don't believe that he'll be the one running this team. He's likely the guy too, and so if that's the case, I thought that this would be the road that I go down. So anyway, what do you guys think? Well, it might be Doug Armstrong's last time picking the team if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew Doughty will be knocking on his door. <laughs> Col- Colton Draco did not crack my brain once in this process and same i've got 14 defensemen ahead of them on my screen i so i named a bunch of players i named a bunch of defensemen who didn't make my team and this is the list there's like 10 of them here theodore morrissey montour ekblad dunn nurse matheson bouchard letang dowdy shabbat and chikrin and I think I would take every single one of those players over Pareko, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Fair enough. Um, no, that, that's totally just, fair. Yeah, I kind of just want to talk quickly about like some of my lines and how my process came together here. Yep. Um, I put I put Hyman with. I I think you would be missing out on opportunity if you did not play McKinnon and McDavid together. I think that would just be dynamic attacking offensive hockey and two guys that you know get them the puck puck they'll drive through get through four or five guys and then put hyman on the list did you see the heat map or on the on the line did you see the heat map of where his goals are scored yes dude just put him in front of the net let mcdavid and mccannon get there and he'll pot it away it's going to be tons of goals for hyman and if the puck goes into the corner then he'll go and bash people around and get the puck for them i think it's a perfect line 
put Marshan, Crosby, and Bedard together because Marshan and Crosby, for the same reasons that you guys mentioned, I think that they're very responsible players, obviously, probably the two most responsible on this team. And their connection out east, as well as I wanted to put Bedard with them and let him, you know, think more offensively because those two guys are going to have the defense covered for sure. And come on, Crosby setting up Bedard, wouldn't that be fun? Um, I put Reinhardt, Point, and Stone together as like a team that's going to be able to shut guys down as well as score goals. Um, you know, the only the, Reinhardt has the most created high dangered expected goals in the entire league. Only guy close to him, Zach Hyman. Uh, wanted to make sure that Point or Barzell was with Stone because Stone is probably the slowest guy on this team, and those two guys are two of the fastest guys on the team. Um, the the there's like the speed burst metrics that they're doing on NHL Edge that just make Barzell, Point, McDavid, and McKinnon look so good. They're the four fastest guys in the league. So having these guys all on the same team is ridiculous. Um, yeah, and Stamkos is one of those guys. To keep going back to Corey's question, he's on the team because of who he is, that leadership, his clutchness, all of the above. Um, maybe there's some guys that are that are producing more than him that I did not include on my team, but I think Stamkos needs to get a nod on this on the, on the list. Yeah, and like I did not have Stamkos. I actually had Konechny as my 13th forward and if that happened in real life, I think there would be pitchforks coming from Tampa Bay. Um and like that that probably won't happen. I'm just saying I'm just trying to pick the team that I would pick personally. I think yeah. Stamkos would be great to have, but you know, who are you going to put up against the Kachucks? You're going to want someone like maybe Konechny out there or someone who, you know, is is a bit of a grinder, a bit of an asshole. So that's that's why I had a guy like that as my 13th forward. And Case, going back to your point of how you were structuring your lines, we both had Hyman and McDavid on the top line. You had McKinnon, I had Bedard. I tried to get McKinnon up on that line because I also recognize, like you, that they're two of the fastest players in the league. It would be so dynamic and and so fun to watch. They would basically be doing circles while you know Hyman st- stands in front of the net and banks and rebounds. Like it would be amazing to watch. But then that left me trying to fit Marner together on the second line with Bedard because I liken Bedard to a guy like Matthews who is just a shooter. So I would like to see Marner be able to get him the puck. It didn't work though, because I didn't trust Bedard playing in the center hole when there are so many other better players more equipped with more experience to play center. And then you're not going to play Bedard on the left side when he's he's center right. It just didn't make sense to me. And so that's why I settled with Bedard on the top line. I also think that would be super fun. Like the best player now in the league, Connor McDavid, passing to the best future player in the league, maybe Connor Bedard. Yeah, I just wanted to take all question of Bedard's defensive abilities out of his mind by putting him with Crosby and Marshan, you know? Like That's just, true. Hey, don't worry about it, man. Go shoot the puck and do what you do. That's true. Or you could do all the first overall phenoms on one line, you know, Crosby and McDavid and Bedard. But I guess that's leaving out some other first overall I, phenoms. I like that. And I saw a lot of lists where Crosby on the, was on the left wing. And I think you have to be insane if you're well, playing Crosby on the wing. 
in my yeah. opinion. Imagine McDavid on the wing, though. He would get 10 breakaways a game. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> nice. But I'm just saying, like, Crosby in, in the area around the net in your own zone and below the goal line, why, like, you want him there. You don't want yeah. that guy on the hash yeah. mark waiting for a rim. Like, <laughs> True. Yeah, exactly. No, I uh, good, uh, good, good rosters from uh, from the both of you. I definitely role played this one a, a little bit. Uh, you know, trying to uh, think like like Doug Armstrong a little bit if he in fact is the is the GM of this team. And again, it circles back to the original question that we had uh, off the top. You know, um, just the factors that come into play when. Yeah putting these rosters together and so decided to go with the, you know, who is the general manager and which team are they from and, and all of that. And I want to mention too, I didn't have Mark Stone on this roster. I just, the, the, he's a bit of a wild card for me because of his health. And we know that he's hurt right now. He's going to be out for a significant amount of time. Um, probably won't be back until the the playoffs for for Vegas and so I just wonder what his health is going to be um this time next year because I think it's safe to say that for Mark Stone now at this point in his career with his injury history and everything he's uh he's no longer an 82 game player in the in the regular season and and that yeah, is no we, that is no shot against Mark Stone by the way We have to remember that this tournament is in February and not April so Mark Stone will be injured because it's during the regular season and not during the playoffs. So he will be resting on LTIR. Yeah, <laughs> but just to go back to Harper's uh, roster and kind of the Armstrong picks here, you had me in the first half with Robert Thomas and Kairou. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I have Thomas as my extra forward and Kairou, mm-hmm. you know, if he pops off next year as a 40-goal guy, then I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting the nod. The Colton Pareko one, like uh, there's just like I'm sitting here hating myself because I didn't include Dougie Hamilton and you're throwing Pareko out here instead of Hamilton or any of these guys. I was like, wow. Also, too, what about the Conn Smythe winner? Not on any of our rosters. Yeah. Oh, Marcia. So, yeah, sure. the, the clutchness like yep. is a, enough of a reason. I think I saw it's a factor sports net or the hockey writers one of them i was looking up a bunch of different mocks and they had him playing with like crosby and marchand i was like mm-hmm. okay that's that'd be a pretty good line <laughs> i i think that was justin born from Sportsnet. he does okay. the the real kipper and born show i was looking at that same roster earlier but yeah like clutchness is a factor how you know however dumb that sounds it's a factor and this guy was electric in the playoffs for vegas on on route to the stanley cup so just a consideration man you could like you could make a case for quite a few uh vegas golden knights on this roster um like if there were guys banged up or you know whatever i mean chandler stevenson he's a great player as well um yeah you know just throwing that in there and you know i was talking to I was talking to my my brother earlier and you know how like for the world junior a challenge they do like oh canada east and canada west or whatever like there are two separate canada teams like i would love to see like a canada u.s kind of tournament just the two of them where like there are four teams like like each country makes 
two teams each, I thought, and I and and they I could do it, say, and they would be good teams. Yeah, it would work. I thought you were going to say I'd like to see you know two Canadian teams, or maybe a Can- like a second Canada US team. I was like maybe like North America. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. I'm like, no, yeah, no. I think they did that, <laughs> and it like, was like, awesome, it, and they haven't done yeah. it since. <laughs> <laughs> Call it call it Canada A and Canada B and then the same for the US. I don't know. Something like that would be cool. But yeah, I was going was going with that. And but yes, yeah. we down the road here we do need another like team North America. Like the the twenty three and unders who are coming up and yeah, we, we do need that again, that's for sure. I'm with you, but let's let's first get a, a team Czechia, Slovakia, Switzerland. Exactly. True. Well Russia. Yeah, athletes from a country in yeah. Eastern Hockey Europe. athletes, athletes of Northeast part of the world. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a solution though. Why? And this is this is and this has nothing to do with the Frozen Four because I, I feel like we're in Frozen Four. What's it called? Fro- face Off, Four Nations Face Off, Four Nations Face Off. <laughs> yeah, and there are four of them, and they play on a frozen ice surface. Anyway, this has nothing to do with that. Instead of the All-Star game, why don't we bring back North America versus World All-Stars? I think that would be cool. It would get all players involved, no matter what country they belong to. And then we don't have to do these, you know, gimmicky tournaments. I am looking forward to it. But then we don't have to do these gimmicky tournaments that leaves off some of the best players on the planet. So that's my potential solution going forward, even though it'll never happen. I I hear you. I just think that World Cup in 2016 was perfect. Agree. It was. It was awesome. It was awesome. Absolutely. All right. uh, I think that's it, eh, boys? Nothing else? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's episode 201. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, that's a wrap on uh, the projected rosters for all four teams, uh, the U.S., the Swedes, uh, Finland, and Canada in next year's Four Nations face-off. Looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again next week as we get closer to the NHL trade deadline. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.